It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. Day three of Shelter in Place. The home gym is uh, still going strong. Got an email about a free trial to Headspace this morning, so I may try that. Uh, Charles T. Hamilton is here. Charles, how are you holding up? I'm, uh, I don't know, man. (laughs) As good as anyone else is, I think. You know, there's only so much uh, Netflix and and old NBA games. I watched the the Christmas Day game yesterday, uh, beating the Rockets. That was fun. And then, you know, it's nice to replay in the, some of the classic games, seeing Clay go for 60. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's not easy, but it's definitely the right move, man, being on lockdown. And, you know, I mean, what are we really complaining about? They're asking us to sit on our couch. So, you know, I'm <laughs> doing all right. to sit on our couch, come up with content. Uh, the podcast yeah. is still daily at this point. This is Locked On Warriors. We could really just start calling this Locked Inside at this point. Sure, uh, sure. The Locked Inside Podcast Network. Um, but this is your daily podcast on all things Warriors, part of that Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Wes Goldberg, Warriors writer for the Mercury News, again here with Charles T. Hamilton. We're going to open up the mailbag, get to our listener poll of the day. But let's start with this from Kevin O'Connor at The Ringer, who uh, wrote every imaginable scenario for restarting games is being discussed by the NBA. He points out a postseason play in tournament could replace the remainder of the 2019 uh, 20 regular season. The playoffs could feature shortened series. All or some games could be played at a neutral site. The start of the 2020-21 season could be delayed until December or possibly until 2021. And in a worst case scenario, the current season is canceled and next season is postponed. And if games do resume, fans likely won't be in attendance while all team employees will undergo regular testing for the coronavirus. Uh that's everything that's on the table. So what is yeah. the most interesting to you from that list? Uh, I My biggest thing is, you know, let's just wait until we can really get back to normalcy. You know, I and I know that uh, we, we want our games back. We want to watch basketball. We, you know, want the, the finals to happen. We want to know who the champs are, all that regular stuff. But we're just not in a regular time right now. And I would just rather them just wait till it can be normal, till we can have a packed chase center for Warriors games. And yeah, it would be unprecedented to cancel the season and, you know, potentially postpone next season. But I think it might just be the best thing for everyone. You know, I I, I just, it, it all depends on what happens with, you know, this global pandemic we're facing right now. And it's, it's crazy to have to talk about that stuff, but you know, that's where we're at. So you're kind um, of in an go- all or you're kind of in an all or nothing mode, like either play yeah. the season the way it was supposed to be played before the coronavirus or just don't play it at all. Kind of. Um, but again, I just don't want them to rush anything. You know, I just, and it's more right. for player health and, and, you know, public health 
than the fact that, oh, you know, a, a three-game series would be – would cheapen it or anything like that. You know, mm. I, if they do it, I'll, I'll definitely be consuming it and enjoying it. But I just um, – we just don't know as far as, you know, the health is concerned and stuff like that. So it's more about health for me. Um, but one of the interesting things that I think could happen, and I think we talked about this last week, is just there could be some some tweaks to the NBA moving forward that – you know, might make it better. Like maybe they do decide to go to a five game series in the first round or something like that. Um, You know, pushing back the start date of the NBA moving forward, things like that. They they could find some, some tweaks to improve the NBA because of this. But as far as restarting, I'm, I am kind of all or nothing. I'm kind of at the point where, look, we don't know what this thing is going to look like three months from now. Right. Like we have no idea what the state of this country is going to be. Um, but I, I understand why all of these things would be on the table as far as just trying to uh, round up a play-in tournament for, for some of these, you know, it's probably um, try to create some sort of way to get guys back in shape, into playing shape before you start the postseason altogether. I understand all of that to the point of uh, just canceling the season completely like mm-hmm. that everything's on the table. And that's sort of, I think the point of all of this is, you know, yeah. if you're the NBA, if you're Adam Silver, your job is to be in charge of the NBA, not, in, not to uh, try to solve this global crisis. And once this, this thing, this coronavirus stuff starts to subside a little bit, that's when I guess you could determine which one of these things you can go that you can sort of set in motion. But before then you kind of have to have all of these things sort of ready to go so that, but, you know, when when it is time to get started again, whether it's this season or next season or whatever, you can just sort of push a button and go, right? You kind of have to have all your contingency plans in place. So uh, for me personally, I would love to – I don't even care if fans are in, at the games. That doesn't really bother me. Like if, if you can get sort of an imperfect way to play basketball again, I'd be on board, mostly because if that was happening, it would mean that there would be some sort of return to normalcy, which would mean that this crisis is being subdued somewhat, right? I don't – I can't imagine that if this if if America turned into Northern Italy anytime soon that we would just start playing NBA basketball, right? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I think that all of this stuff would be sort of a reflection on maybe we're starting to come out of this thing a little bit. Yeah. That said, the let's talk a little bit about um, maybe some of the long term impact because ownership. Th- there's been some owners uh, that have pushed for a December start going into and then, you know, playing your championship game in the summer uh, to get away from sort of the NFL season. There's been talk of maybe shortening some playoff series about having a play in tournament in the first place. We know that Adam Silver has been looking at that already. Uh, What among those do you think you would like to see in the NBA going forward? Well, I would love the later start. Um, You know, it would be a little tough to – get used to the fact that they'd be starting later December, sometime in December, um, you know, end of October and November, you'd probably be missing a little bit, but I would love the fact that it would go through the summer through the slow time of the baseball season through I like that. I don't know about you guys, but that all-star break, the baseball all-star break is the, you know, four slowest days of the year, which we're, you know, kind of living right now because there are no sports going on. But, you know, if we had NBA basketball all throughout the summer, uh, I think they would dominate the, you know, sports news cycle and then the draft later in the year. I, I think I think it would be great. 
personally. Uh, the one thing I don't I, like about it, the one thing I don't like about it is you're asking people to stay indoors on the, during the summer and watch basketball on the weekend. You know, mm-hmm. one of like they, they like their Saturday and Sunday showcases and stuff like that. I don't know that that's going to get as much traction if you're doing it over the summer. So you may have to format your, your showcases to the point of, uh, you know, maybe you have a couple of games in the afternoon, but the primetime game would obviously have to be the later one at night uh, when people are kind of mm-hmm. starting to come indoors or, or whatever, but people are going on vacations over the summer. I mean, there's a reason why network television doesn't really air new TV shows over the summer, right? It's because nobody wa- people don't want to be watching TV over the summer. So that, to me, is a little problematic. Uh, Adam Silver did say on uh, ESPN a couple nights ago that he doesn't really he, – he thinks that – people are changing their viewership habits. So maybe look, if he's yeah. got data, maybe he's right. Maybe, maybe that's just a me thing. Uh, I, you would obviously have to look at that uh, very closely because you don't want to be playing the most important games of your season when nobody's watching, right? That would be to me, if I'm the NBA, the biggest fear that we start the, the, we are starting our season in December where already you've got people on trips with their families, probably consuming a little bit less, sports just because you know there, there's other distractions happening with the holidays and then you're playing your most important games when people are on their summer vacation summer break and maybe not wanting to be inside watching basketball would rather be outside doing other things yeah i mean that's definitely something to think about i you know i don't think they'd lose viewers at the very least um but i do think it would be an opportunity to potentially gain new viewers but again you make a good point of you know it's the summer who knows if people will be in watching it um, but, you know, guys like us, basketball heads or hoop heads or whatever you want to call it, you know, are going to watch when it's on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't think they'd lose viewers per se, but would it be enough to gain new viewers? It, you know, we'll hopefully get to to find out this summer, um, but, you know, no, no way to know until they do it. Everything is on the table. Uh, we're just playing this day by day. We will get to I your mailbag. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to throw this in there. I, you know, I'm mixed on like a, a shorter first round. Um, Sometimes like when the Warriors were running through everyone. Yeah. It made sense to have it be a five game series in the first round. Seven games just seemed pointless. You know, you're just delaying the inevitable, but then again, you might lose some, you know, like we believe you are, you're not going to get that. Uh, You're not going to get the Warriors of, you know, what was it? 2012 or whatever, when they beat, uh, beat Denver. So I'm I missed, but I understand. So that's the other one that might come uh, from this, and I'm not. I don't know I where. Mean, where are you at with that? What would you some think? some people would argue that the five game series actually heightens the chance of an upset. Uh, I, I I would agree with that, uh, just because over a seven game series, you know the other you know the better team, things sort yeah. of average out. In the 2012. Was was that a five game series? Because they recently changed it from a five game series to a seven game series, didn't they? That first round, uh, and they did it for revenue purposes. But uh, I I'm, thought it was the, the other part game, of it. Yeah. The other part of it is the plan. I think that we should be doing that wild card plan like baseball already. That that's a no brainer yeah. to me. Like that's that's great television no matter what. And and you're getting you know teams that could potentially be tanking the last you know two three weeks of the season, the last month of the season. You give them a little carrot. Say, well, if you're this good. Maybe maybe you can't make the playoffs as a uh, as a bona fide seed, but you can at least make it to our play-in uh, tournament or whatever it's going to look like, and get a chance to get that playoff revenue. I I think that that would that's a no-brainer. I don't see why we're not doing that already. Uh, let's get to your mailbag questions next. This is Locked On Warriors. 
Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive-thru for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Support for this podcast comes from CDW NHP. At CDW, we get that an unsecured laptop can put your company's data at risk, making you a little paranoid. I'm not paranoid. You're paranoid. CDW can implement a secure mobility solution using the HP EliteBook with Intel 8th Generation processors and SureView privacy to protect your screen from prying eyes. Did you follow me here? IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash HP security. What was that? Okay, so we're doing a Friday mailbag here. This first question comes from Corey Smith, who writes in, the best lineup of non-starters in Warriors history. So he's asking us, Charles, what is the best lineup of non-starters in Warriors history? I love this, because this is it. First of all, you get rid of all the... I mean, how many times have you gotten questions about, uh, you know, best lineup in Warriors history, and you just name last year's team? Like, that's it. So uh, you just go non-starters now. And so, look, they could start a couple of games, but just... No, no hard and fast rules. We just generally think of these guys as non-starters, as bench contributors, right? So I think the obvious one is Andre Iguodala. We start there. Who else is rounding out your team? So for me, Sean Livingston. Um, okay. I think he's the best backup point guard they've had. I would also throw in uh, Swaggy P, personally, just because I okay. need shooting. And that's, he's, you know, one of the best shooters they've had off the bench. One of the only shooters they've had off the bench. Uh, in a long time. Then you look at the versatility of Sean Livingston, 6'7", Swaggy, 6'7", uh, Andre, 6'6", you know, defensive beast. At the four, this is where it gets a little tough uh, because – and that's the other thing. I thought about Monte at the two, but, again, he only came off the bench for, like, one, one two years and then was their, their starter. Um, at the four, David West, you know, was a yeah. – a, Pure bench player. I guess I'll throw him in there. I think maybe Carl Landry. <laughs> that's, that's who I had. All these guys. All these guys are very recent because the Warriors had you know thirty years of being terrible. Um, <laughs> right. So yeah, we'll go Carl Landry, and then for me, I have Festus Azili at the five. Ooh, um, maybe Javale. You know, those mm-hmm. were the two I was thinking of. But I went Festus because he was better defensively. Uh, could do. Enough vertical spacing. Um, he had his flaws, but I think as far as a pure bench player, um, give, give me Festus. So uh, Jarrett Jack, I put in there mm. as my point guard. I yeah, debated. Yeah. I debated between Sean Livingston and Leandro Barbosa for the two guard spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. If you want defense and playmaking, you go with Livingston. But if you need a little bit of shot making, I, I, I go with Leandro Barbosa. So just for the sake of being different, I'll go with Barbosa here. Um, so we got Jared Jack, Barbosa, Andre Iguodala, Carl Landry at the four. And then I threw in Kevon Looney at the five. You know, I know this has been like yeah. the year from hell from him. But as far as being a bench center, he that's his role going forward. They tried him as a starter at the beginning of the year. I don't think that that's going to be the case from the rest of his career. So that was a nice little uh, small experiment that they did. But... Uh, switchable defender, does all the right things. 
isn't going to take much off the table. He's not, he's not really a scorer, but I'm hoping I get enough scoring between Jared Jack and Leandro Barbosa that I can function. Mm-hmm. This team would be garbage, uh, but this is yeah. sort of the best lineup uh, in non uh, best lineup of non-starters in Warriors history. I think, I think we named all for, the names. Uh, yeah, yeah. Looney's the a one better thing fit for 2020 basketball for sure. Yeah, the one thing I, I you could start getting weird with was, uh, do you want like rookie Draymond Green on this team? Exactly. Because uh, you do like, can you start doing vintages? But then that gets. That gets too complicated. Let's go to our next that question from. Oh, go ahead. With Monte and Clay Thompson, yeah. you know they came off the bench their rookie years, but I, you know, I, I thought we that don't, was cheating. <laughs> yeah, we don't really think of them as a, as a non-stars. Uh, Rudy writes in: How much input will the coaching staff have on the draft with this hiatus, and who has the most influence? Look, I, Steve Kerr is going to have always has a lot of influence on the draft if he want. It doesn't mean that he's exercised that influence in years past because this team has been playing basically through June when right right up until the point where you know you're about to have the NBA draft a week after the finals end. So typically he hasn't he's had the influence, he just hasn't exercised the influence now, and he's told reporters this now that he's spending a lot of his free time watching film and kind of going through these these top prospects. This year, Charles, I think he's gonna have a whole lot of influence. I think he's gonna have a lot to say because he's been up close in person with what this team is and what I'm sure he's looking at this draft as a, as a way to add a meaningful contributor. And if you're Steve Kerr, I don't think you're looking at a guy who, all right, he projects well three, four, five years from now. Steve Kerr wants to win games right now. We know that. So he's probably yeah. looking at yeah. guys who can help this team. And that doesn't mean he's going to make the decision, but I guarantee you when Bob Myers and this and the, and the scouting department asks him what he thinks, he's going to be propping up dudes that can help them within you know the next couple of years which is also part of why I think either it's going to be a, a somewhat of a surprise who they take or they try and trade down because a lot of the, you know, top guys are usually uh, their calling card is usually their potential, you know, right. what they could, could become. And I agree. I think getting someone who can help right now probably come off the bench for you, uh, you know, another wing is exactly what they're going to want. I think Steve Kerr has a ton of influence, but also the thing is him and Bob Myers have, just an incredible relationship. So I don't think there needs to be a ton of, you know, like influence I think of as the owner saying, like I'm going with the coach over the GM where I think Bob Myers and Steve work together incredibly well. And uh, I, you know, I think Bob, if it's his final decision that he always takes Steve Kerr's, um, you know, opinions into, uh, into consideration well, it, when it comes to picking someone. And and Bob was Bob's going to have to also maybe balance out Steve Kerr's um, desire for immediate help versus mm-hmm. who long term mm-hmm. can help take the reins from Steph and Clay and Draymond because maybe yeah. maybe Steve Kerr is all in on Obi Toppin. Hey, I could slot him in at the four right. Away. Myers might be saying this guy's twenty two, twenty three years old, and you know Denny Esvita is nineteen and he's got tremendous upside. Maybe we're going to go with him or. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like, you know, maybe something, something to that effect. So um, I, I think there's, it's obviously going to be Bob Myers' decision at the end of the day. I do think that Steve Kerr and Bob Myers, like you said, are pretty much in lockstep with a lot of these things. And I don't, and, and look, Steve Kerr doesn't want to be a general manager. He's admitted he was a bad general manager when he was a GM for the Suns. <laughs> so I think he will default to whatever Bob Myers says, but Bob Myers is going to be wanting his opinion. And I'm sure Steve Kerr is going to have his opinion now because he's, He's watching all these guys, and this is, it'll be yeah. interesting to see what they do because this is a new – like, not only are the Warriors picking higher than they ever have under the Steve Kerr era, tenure, but 
uh, they are also getting influence in a way that they never have from from Steve Kerr during his tenure too. So I, I don't know how that's going to change their approach to the draft, if at all. Uh, it'll, yeah. it'll be interesting to see. Um, any other thoughts on on the draft before we get out of this segment? Uh, I mean, Steve Kerr was going to have more time to watch, you know, draft tape anyways, just because of the fact that they're already right. eliminated. He would have all the plan. But now, you know, we're in the situation we are. He's really going to be locked in. And a uh, little draft stuff, just my own. I don't want Obi Toppin. Uh, you know, he, he's, he, he seems like another 6'9 center, which the Warriors already have two of. Um, but again, I, look, I, that's the reason why I'm not a GM. But just because his name was mentioned, I just had to throw that out there. Uh, but again, we will see what happens. And I wonder, you know, when will the draft happen? All that stuff. Yeah. We're just up in the air. And uh, real quick, as we talk about that, I wonder how they're going to handle the trade exceptions. You know, are they going to get, is it going to be pushed back to, you know, my, I, I my doubt sense, it's going to remain. My sense July is 10. that, yeah, my sense is that the, the NBA is basically going to just take, it's going to be like soccer where you just sort of tack on whatever extra time is at the end of the, at yeah. the end of the match. Right. It's just, okay. Yeah. What block did we just postpone everything and just every, like the entire league year, all of your expiration dates on everything just gets, you know, that X amount of weeks tacked on yeah. to the expiration date. And you just get that as a, as a period, as a buffer zone. Um, our listener poll of the day is next, but first, if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all of the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Warriors is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Warriors fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Warriors fans who are well-educated with disposable income and locked inside, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. Let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, that's the word advertising. Text it to 33777 to visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash watsonassistant to learn more. One last question, Charles. This one comes from Amy, who writes in, favorite movies to watch? I imagine when we're blocked inside, being self-quarantined. What, what, what movies have you watched? What movies are on your list to watch? What, what's on your watch list here? Well, <laughs> I, I watched a little bit of Starship Troopers 3 today, uh, which nice. speaks to just the boredom <laughs> and, you know, kind of intrigue of, you know. Did you get through I, one and two first before starting three or you just skipped right to no, three? No, I just jumped to three. I just jumped go. to three. Um, <laughs> you know, I've, I've got one memorized, you know. Uh, I, you know, I've got, I brought a ton of movies with me, you know, a ton of Blu-rays and stuff. And I know that's old school, but uh, comedies. I'm sticking with comedies yeah. for now um, during Either the way. time, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, the Will the Will Ferrell collection is pretty much my thing. So 
uh, a lot of that and uh, you know, a lot of like the office and Shit's Creek and stuff like that just yeah. to, yeah, keep it like, uh, what I've about had, you, uh, man? What do you, what are you binging? I've had a lot, this is my opportunity now, not rewatching, but just trying to catch up on stuff. Like I'm going to yeah. go, I'm going to try to find my Oscar movies from last year. I know that the Oscars are done, but I want to go watch. I just watched the Joker for the first time, man. Like I don't have time for movies during basketball season. I just don't. Uh, and so, yeah, I I'm like I missed all of them. I missed all of it. Everything except for 1917, I missed. So I'm gonna go back and watch it. I'm gonna b- watch Parasite. I'm gonna find ways to watch these things. I'm sure I could find it legally or Ill- illegally. Who knows? I'll figure it out. Yep. But uh, you know, Shit's Creek. People keep telling me to watch that. Uh, so I may I might get on that. I need to catch up on Curb Your Enthusiasm, Better Call Saul. Like I'm gonna. Uh, I'm I've, I'm in the middle of my rewatch of Seinfeld, all of Seinfeld. So I'm about yep. two seasons away from from being done with that. I'm kind of I'm the guy that just like if I'm binging something, it's the only thing I can watch. Like I won't I won't deviate. I'll just I'll crush them. I'll just knock them all out. Yeah. What about you? Like when yeah. you're binging, will you will you mix it up or will you just knock them all out? I'm just straight ahead. Um, you know, four episodes yeah. at a time or something like that. Right. You know, might uh, might try and rewatch The Wire or something. Ooh, that's a good uh, one. With uh, the time we've got, you know, that's the thing. We're only on day, you know, what, three or four of the lockdown. So <laughs> ask me in a week. I bet there will be some weird ones that I've, that I've thrown on for sure. But, uh, yeah, let's... you know, I'm, I'm uh, goal-oriented. So I'm just going to stay ahead, man. <laughs> <laughs> got to accomplish things. I mean, you got that's how yeah. you got to mark off these things. Uh, our listener poll today. Uh, so next week is bracket week on the Lockdown Podcast network so i can't decide what bracket i want to do um and so Mm -hmm. i I really would uh, i appreciate everybody's feedback charles i want your feedback here uh so i i I put out a twitter poll of four options so the first one was the all-time best dressed warriors bracket okay so that got 18 and a half percent of the votes stand-up comics just ranking stand-up comics all time that got 3.7 percent of the vote so nobody wants my opinion on stand-up comedy that's fine (laughs) uh 2000s era musicians and bands that got 37 percent of the vote nice little chunk Mm. and then the uh the leader in the clubhouse is fast food chains at 40.7 percent uh so it's it, it looks like it's a race between 2000s era musicians and bands and fast food chains is that where your head is at here, or would you prefer me to do the all-time best-dressed Warriors team? You know, I'd rather, yeah, go musicians or fast food chain. I, okay. uh, I, you know, I, I don't know about you, and maybe you do care since it's part of one of the options, but this focus on NBA players' fashion over the last decade or so, I'd say, I'm just not in on it, you know? it's uh, You don't care. I'm I'm a little more understated, so, like, you know, uh, a guy who wears a suit to a game, I'm like, great, that's a good look. But like Westbrook and all that <laughs> other stuff, I'm just whatever. Like uh, all the peacocking and stuff. Like yeah, whatever. I you know what? I don't even know why I put the best dressed warriors in there. It was sort of to kind of jump on that kind of that fashion. Look, yeah. I actually do care. I like to I like to see what they're what they're wearing and what the trends are and stuff like that because you start to notice patterns in the rest of the league and this is part of the culture and part of what they do. The Warriors yeah. are notoriously bad dressed. Like they are boring dressers. I mean, they they're understated. <laughs> I should say. I should like you yeah. got. I mean, Steph Curry shows up to every game in his Under Armour sweatpants. So it's it, yeah, I, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not judging. Uh, but it would have been a very boring bracket. So I'm glad the fans uh, and, and the listeners to this show pointed. You know, rightly kept that down. Did not upvote it, so to speak. But uh, 
fast food chains has been done before, so I'm a little wary. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people doing music. I almost just went straight Kanye West songs, but I know that that could be polarizing. Uh, so mm-hmm. 2000s era musicians and bands. So basically, if you were creating music from the year 2000 and on, you get to be in this bracket. Uh, and if you were like actually making relevant music, so like U2 doesn't get to be a part of this, right? Uh, <laughs> it's just like Aerosmith does not get to be a part of this. So uh, I, I will it, it say, be... uh, just a heads up for you, you know, doing the, the Bay Area podcast, Locked On Warriors, make sure Mac Dre and E-40 are in there. I am going to lose all of my, I don't, I need a, I need a crash course on all of this. I've lived in the Bay area now for six years. I still don't get it. I, yeah, I'm just letting you know. People go crazy for E40. Okay. It just has to be in the, he's the ambassador, man. That's the, (laughs) is it worse to put him in the bracket and then make him like a nine seed or something? Like what kind of seed do I need to put E40 on? That's a good question. You know, cause I, I, how do I be respectful and deferential while also not like and and not slight but like also not like pump up e40 in a super uh, way like i don't know he yeah he does need to be in the bracket i wouldn't worry about seeding i think as long as he's in we'll be we'll be all right you know, the 16 seed will i be in trouble i'm in trouble okay. that's a little rough yeah yeah right. nine seed i thought was fine but if we're going right. 16 like come on you know <laughs> well, well who's your number here. one who's your number one seed in the fast food chains fast food that chains out. that's tough uh I mean, do I have to say in and out because we're in? I don't know what the rules are anymore. I don't know. I know, seriously. Uh, in and out, you know. You don't have to say um, anything. Yeah, in and out. Let's go with that for sure. Would it be more fun to do fast food items as opposed to just chains? Like, could I just, like, could mm. the number one seed be like Chick fil A waffle fries, you know? Yeah. That, yeah, that, you know, that's a little more detailed. I could, I could get in on that because, yeah, you're right. People have done the, the chains before. I think that's the way to go. Fast food yeah. chain items, especially if there's 64 seeds. I can't name 64 oh, yeah. fast food restaurants, but I can. I mean, I, I could just throw the. I could throw the Taco Bell menu at this bracket and call it a day. Yeah, seriously, I couldn't name 64 musicians from the 2000s. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, this has been Locked on Warriors. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Charles T. Hamilton, as always, for jumping on the show. You can uh, rate and subscribe and review the podcast on iTunes. Please subscribe if you're not already uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Now tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Locked on NBA. Thanks for listening. San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked On Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm J.D. Young. I'm Eric Fowl. Together, we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.